mind standing for the reading of the word? We're going to be in John chapter 10, if you want to open your Bible. John 10, 7 through 17. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Let's pray. God, as we come to the end of a year and we start off a new year, we want nothing more, nothing less than to be sheep who hear your voice and respond. It's in the name of Jesus and the whole church said, Amen. Please be seated. So my oldest daughter is about to turn 20. When she was about four years old, maybe three, she had a fish. And this fish was one of those fish that aren't supposed to die, right? But this fish uh, was named Sleeping Beauty. And you could tell what, uh, what, what, what had just come out of the Disney vault by uh, the naming of that fish. And her little brother, Josh, who's now 18, uh, they loved watching that fish and giving it a little bit of food, you know, just a little tiny pinch of food in the, in the fish bowl. And so Anna Grace was really good about giving the food, giving the uh, uh, fish just a little bit of tiny food. And we had a little spoon there so you could scoop out the fish flakes and then sprinkle them in the fish bowl. And so this went on for a solid two days. And uh, day three, I walked into the kitchen and I noticed Sleeping Beauty was not her or his active self, and he was floating at the top. And Josh, who was maybe two, I think he was probably 18 months, he was sitting up on the table with a spoon in one hand and a smile on his face. <laughs> and Josh had decided to feed the fish, but for some reason, he had thumped the fish with the spoon, and Sleeping Beauty was no longer swimming. So Anna Grace walks in, and she saw me looking at Josh. I might have been laughing. And Josh was sitting there with a the spoon, and she cries out, Wow, Josh whacked my fish! And I thought, why are you talking like a mobster, three-year-old? But she started crying, and and Stacy comes in, and she swoops up Anna Grace, and she uh, tries to comfort her and puts her on her shoulder and pats Josh on the head like, we assume you didn't know any better. And 
I was laughing because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, And Stacy looked at me and she said, go to the fish store now. And so within about 15 minutes, Sleeping Beauty II had inhabited the fishbowl and all was well. Uh, But that, that story, I think, illustrates that two people can be in the exact same situation and have very different responses, right? Stacy had the Jesus response, and Jim did not in that moment. And it's not exactly flight or fight, but this morning I, I, I want to just ask us what our response is when we hear cries of pain or when we see ugliness or we see something happen in this world that we wish wasn't happening. Are we the people who come in, swoop people up, pat backs and comfort them and then take some action to actually make the problem better? Or are we just kind of hecklers who sit on the sideline and kind of laugh and criticize? I'm very concerned about the Christian voice in our culture right now because I think the Christian voice is kind of moving toward a, a response of flight instead of a response of fight. Even though there's plenty of Christians ready to fight about plenty of things, but I'm not talking about engaging some kind of physical or even verbal battle. I'm just talking about standing up when people are in pain for people who may not have a voice. It hit again this week. A lot of us live uh, in this the Wolf Chase area where we uh, go and we shop at Wolf Chase, and so something really bad happened there, right? And I think the initial response from everybody is, don't go there. And that's a, that's a flight response. And I don't, I'm not accusing anybody of having uh, anything wrong with your heart if that's your response, because that's, that's my first response, too. When something bad happens, the first thing I usually, my instincts go to, ooh, I got to get away. Ooh, I don't want to be a part of that. That's scary. But the more I read Jesus, the more I think Jesus says, sheep who hear my voice, you don't have the option or the privilege of following me or not following me. You're my sheep. If you get away from me, you will die. You cannot continue to be fed because anything that's going to give you life outside of myself, according to John 10, is a thief and a robber that's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And we think those are the things that have life. And as I was thinking about what we're excited about what we're hopeful for coming into this new year. A lot of the things that I think we get excited about are really things that lead toward kind of this escapism instead of engaging in a world that's full of pain and full of problems. And God has a mission for us in the middle of all of those. Because Jesus is this one who said in John 10, One, I know my sheep and my sheep know me and they will not listen to the voices of somebody else. But my guess is if I were to take a poll this morning and say, what is something that holds hopefulness to you this this year, this year of 2018 that's about to kick off? Just like myself, there might be a vacation. 
Like, I can't wait until I get to do this. Or maybe you're waiting on the job. Or maybe you're, you're waiting on the raise. Or maybe you're waiting on the relationship. Or maybe you're waiting on the house. But we have all of these things, and Jesus very clearly says, that is not where you find life. The only place you find life is with me. And if we put safety at the top of our list, like above all in 2018, I want a safe year. There is no safer place than being in the pen or in the pasture with the good shepherd. Amen. But the good shepherd takes you to some scary places. And if you read in John 10, not only is he concerned about those of us that are already his sheep, but he also says there are other sheep and we've got to go get them. And we also follow a shepherd who says, when the wolf comes, I don't run. I'm not scared. And we say back, Jesus, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm scared to death. I don't know what to do. That, that strikes fear. I'm worried for me. I'm worried for my family. I'm worried for uh, my bank account. I'm worried for my job. I'm worried for all of these things that make me feel like I have some sort of control or I have some sort of security in this world. And Jesus comes in and says, it's all a facade. The only security and the only control you have in this world is to give all of control to me and to know that the only thing secure is me. And so as we move into this next year, my hope is that this Christian voice would be more about engaging than escaping, would be more about fighting than flighting from the problems and the pain and the suffering of this world. We're in a beautiful city with so many great attributes and characteristics and historical places and wonderful people groups. And we're also in a city with lots of social issues and so lots of problems and we've got to engage in those. And that's been kind of the benchmark of who we are as a church for the last decade. We're the church who cares. We're the church who does something, right? And that should not be a source of pride at all for us. It should be a place where we say, Jesus cares, so of course, that's what we do. It's freezing cold. We have the heat on in our building. Of course, we should go see if somebody needs to come in and not die tonight in the, fro in the frozen tundra of Memphis. Amen? I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. Um, it is just saying, Jesus, where you're going and where you're calling and where you're leading, even if it's scary, we're going with you. And so my plea in this brief message this morning is I want what we hope for, what I hope for, to be <clears throat> the things that Jesus hopes for. I don't want to get so caught up and distracted thinking, I can't wait until I get to go on that vacation. I just went on a great vacation, and there were lots of moments over the past few months where I just thought, I just can't wait to get away and do that. And I think that's all part of the human experience, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying if that's our ultimate hope, if that's really where we find joy with circumstances getting better, the thief is going to come, and he's going to steal, kill, and destroy and so a couple quick things that may be helpful moving into this next year. Uh, what if uh, we all took up a commitment to read the Gospels, all four of them, between now and Easter in, in the beginning of April? What if we just spent time getting to know this Jesus and saying, all right, 
what Jesus did, what Jesus said, what Jesus believed, we're going to let it permeate our very being. What if as a congregation we just said, that's what we're going to do? Or what if we just took up a commitment and said, over this next year our resolution is we're not going to complain about anything unless we're actually willing to take some action to be a part of the solution. We'd be a lot quieter, wouldn't we? (laughs) We'd talk a lot less. Or what about this? Maybe uh, we have disaster response teams, right? There's an earthquake, boom, we're there. There's a hurricane, boom, we're there. What if we have some kind of response team? So there's a shooting in a certain area of town, and it's making people not go to that business. What if we have this huge flash mob that shows up to support and encourage those people and let them know that we are with them and we're there to support them and fear will not win this battle. I don't know what God's going to call you and me to. I don't know where God's going to lead this church in 2018, but I know wherever it is and to whomever it takes us, I want to be right with Jesus. And I'm not fearful when I'm doing it with you guys. I'm not fearful when there's other sheep in the pen. I'm not fearful when he's leading us out to pasture as long as there's other sheep with me and the shepherd is along for the ride. And so this this year, uh, this morning, as you come into the new year, you may have New Year's resolutions. You may have things you want to get off your chest. You may want to start fresh. You may even want to be baptized this morning. And as we move into this new year, we're going to stand and sing in just a minute. Uh, But we've got some people who are going to go ahead and go to their prayer spots. We're going to have a couple ladies. um, If you want to just pray with the lady, our shepherds, are going to be in the front, and they're going to be in the back. And if you have something you'd like to publicly acknowledge and have the the prayers of the church, you can come right down here, and we'll receive you. So let's stand, and let's sing together.